All right, all right, everybody. Welcome, welcome. You are in the section community breakouts. If that's where you mean to be, perfect. If not, too bad. You can't leave now because now we're watching. You guys doing good? Everybody feeling good? I, this is the post-lunch breakout session, so, you know, it, you might, you might, the blood sugar might have spiked and now it's coming down. John is really funny, though, so he's going to tell lots of jokes and keep you guys laughing and on the edge of your seat. Uh, how many of you guys know, uh, you have a general idea of what section community is already? Would you raise your hand just so we know who we're, who we're talking to? Okay. I know Pastor Brady talked about it a little bit this morning. There are different churches around the country that are doing it. And so what we want to do in this, in this hour is just share with you our experience, what we've learned and what we are learning uh, in the process. And so I'm Jeremiah Parks. This is my good friend, John Plotner. And uh, we're just going to hang out with you guys here. So here's our goal. We want to talk through some of these concepts and ideas, and then we'd like to take a good chunk of time and just be able to open up to you guys for questions and dialogue. And um, this is something that, we, you know, we're, we've been learning in the context of New Life Church, which obviously is a large church, but we've had conversations with churches of all different sizes. So wherever you're coming from, uh, obviously you came here thinking, oh, this might be good for us to learn about. Maybe this would be good for our church. And so we want to be able to discuss that with you. So here's the idea. <clears throat> church should, there should be a component of church that has to do with us knowing each other, right? If you agree with that, would you just raise your hand? Or you can say amen or whatever. Or you can shout, whatever. We should know each other. We all believe that is true, right? We, we, we know that that's a component of church, and yet a lot of times that's, that's one of the toughest aspects of church. It's a tough dynamic to create. And it, becomes, uh, it can become this wrestling match where you're, you, you, you want to get people in the church connected to each other. You want to build relationships, but that can be tricky. Let, when we started on this journey of of trying to figure out how do we connect people. It was actually two years ago at this same conference, two years ago, we were three weeks, four weeks into kind of discovering this section community idea. And so we did this kind of similar session two years ago. And in that session, we said, well, here's an idea we have. We don't have a clue if it's going to work, but here's a thought. And so I'm happy to be able to, to share two years later the journey and what we've experienced. When we first started on that, on that road, it was really striking to us when we looked at Scripture. And this is really fascinating. If you, if you look up just the words one another, uh, I, think if, I think it's in NIV. If you do in the NIV version, the Scriptures that you'll pull up. Let me, I'm just going to rattle off a few of them here. Love one another. That's the top of the list, right? Jesus telling us that. John 13, 34. Encourage one another. Hebrews 13, 3. Instruct one another. Romans 15, 14. Be devoted to one another. Romans 12, 10. Forgive one another. Accept one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. And that's not all of them, but... 
it's so clear in Scripture that there's this togetherness that with one another. And what we started realizing is, you know what, this is all really amazing and inspiring and beautiful. But let's see, forgive one another, Colossians 3.13. In our church, we don't actually have to practice that very much. Because when you don't know somebody, it's, you don't really get offended by them, and so then you don't have to forgive them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if the worst that could happen is on a Sunday, somebody took your seat, you know, that's about as far as it's going to go. So there's not even a lot of opportunity to forgive one another. There's not a lot of opportunity to truly accept one another. When, when you're really just coming in and sort of participating with what's happening on the stage, but not with each other. And so, as we started to develop this idea of section community, how, how could we build a bridge for people to get to know each other? How can, how can we take advantage of the time that we're already together, we've come together to the house of the Lord to worship God, and now that missing component of connecting, how, how, what can we do about that? And so, kind of the tagline for us as, as we went down this road of section community was this. Section community is your place in the family. It's your place in the family. Because we're saying we are a family. We're saying we're brothers and sisters. We're coming together. We're worshiping God. But if we're not really connected, may maybe that was the issue for us. Is It's just hard for people to find their place, to find that spot. So, John, tell us, tell us a little bit about what that problem looked like for us of disconnection in a church this size. You know, uh, when we've, we've been at, my wife and I have been at New Life for three years, and uh, when you first come to a, any church, really, but in a big church, it was like, it was, for a season, it was nice to not get connected, but then there became a time, y'all, all you leaders are laughing, like, you know what I'm talking about, uh, but there came a time where, okay, we're ready to get involved and get plugged in here, and we found that it was very difficult to get connected. Uh, and I know Jeremiah's story was similar as, you know, you'd be in the middle of thousands of people on a Sunday morning and, and there's a sense of, I feel alone in the midst of a lot of people around me. And so um, that was the problem that we were addressing. We kept hearing people, we have this thing called New Life Next, where it's for new people that want to kind of take the next step at our church. And we would hear things like, we love the worship. Worship is amazing. We love Pastor Brady. And they would kind of share those things they love. But, and they would say, it's so hard to get connected. Now, interestingly enough, that's not a problem that's unique to a large church. Because we've heard people that have come here who have went to other churches, and they have that same problem. Whether you're 50, 500, or 5,000, it's a real uh, issue for people to get connected in the church. And there's a part of you that wants to, but it's difficult. I, and there's been a trend. I don't know if you guys have noticed it over the last, I don't know, five to ten years, where small groups really used to be the emphasis of how we got people connected in a church. And, and now I'm hearing, prior to working here, I was had a, a church consulting job, and I heard from all the churches I was working with, we're struggling with getting people connected in groups. Anybody struggling with that at some level? And so we experienced the same thing. It's like, oh, well, what's, what's the problem? We have groups. Why aren't people getting connected in groups? And what I've realized is from if some, someone comes for the first time to your church and is a guest— and say, okay, we want to get connected. Okay, the next thing you need to do is go to our website, find all the groups, uh, reach out to somebody and show up at their house on Wednesday night. 
that is a huge jump for people. They're just not ready for that. And if you know anything about Colorado, it's a huge jump for Colorado because uh, our culture is shifting right now. And people are not, you know, open. We're not in, at least we're not in Mississippi where you invite people over for dinner, you know, on uh, Friday night. And they're like, oh, sure, I'll be over. So we're dealing with that kind of problem. So how can we get people connected? And so section community was really, uh, was the answer to that. It really bridges for us the gap between being a guest and ultimately still want people involved in groups because that's really where discipleship takes place. But it's the bridge. That's the way I view it. It's the bridge between someone not being connected before they're willing to take the step and get involved in a small group. Brady said this this morning, and I love that, is people need to be, belong before they believe. And uh, so they need to find a place where they feel connected. So uh, section community was really the answer to that. So I know that whole um, belonging before they believe, and you have a story specifically about a family that that was the case for them. Yeah, really, really beautiful story that that just shows how, you know, even the way we set up the description for, for this breakout today is that as we, as we love one another well, we become attractive to the world. When Jesus said that, that they're going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another, we're, we're thinking about that in section community that, well, the, the world, and Jesus even says it, you know, even in the world, we love our own, right? We, we love those who love us. What is it about our love for each other within the body of Christ that would cause the world to say, those people are different? Those people must be Christ followers. These, are, these people are like Jesus. What is it about that? Well, we, we got to experience that when we, were, we had first launched Section Community. We hadn't, it wasn't in the whole church, it was only in certain sections. We were kind of testing it out and learning from it. And we had this incredible situation happen. And, and I, I know about this because it was personally in the section that I was in, one of the first sections that we started, where a couple came in, and Brad and Pam. And I, I learned later about their story. But what happened on their very first day they came to church they had been for months and months wrestling with the idea of going to church. They had grown up, both of, both of them had had um, some religious experience in their background. They, they, they both came from a Catholic background. But the concept of, welcome guys, we're glad you're here. It looks like there's some empty seats over here. Um, we're just barely getting started, so you haven't missed much. So... They, they decide to come to church. There had been some things going on in their lives, some, some crisis that they had faced in their business and some different situations like that. And so they were really at a place where they were open. And, um, and they just said, you know what, let's, let's go to that church, New Life Church, that big church, <laughs> that intimidating church. Uh, and so they came and they felt, you know, the idea as they're walking in from the parking lot, they're feeling awkward they're feeling like this isn't really where I fit in this isn't really where I belong um, I really I don't even know why they came to a church like this May, maybe it was feeling like they could hide but they came in and here's what happened to them they just happened to come and sit in a section where we had launched section community and instead of just coming sneaking in and sitting down in listening to the message, they met people. There were several people that were actually part of the team, of the section team, and 
in that section. They'd introduce themselves and had conversations. We're so glad that you guys are here. And they talked to him before the service. And then they talked to him again after the service. And they said, hey, come back next week. Come sit here. We'll be right here in this section. I know this is a big church. It's a big room. There are lots of people here. But this is your spot. This is your section right here. Come back and we'll be here. We'd love to, to get to know you. And whatever, all, you know, I don't know what all the conversation was. But here's what happened when Brad and Pam left that day. And th- this is amazing, guys. They left the church that day, and they said to each other, with tears coming down their face, they said, God must be real. Because the way we were just treated and the way that we felt in that church, that's not normal. God must be real. I I don't know about you guys, but to me, that was amazing to hear that. I'm like, what? I mean... I know we were friendly, but the way that you felt, that, that actually is causing you to believe that God must be real? Seriously? They came back the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week. And through that process, we got to know them and hear their story and learned, learned all of this. And we were just blown away. So there, there, that was... Um, Boy, I don't know, it was at least a year ago, year and a half ago. And they're at church every weekend, and their children have come to know the Lord. They've come to know the Lord. Uh, their kids have been baptized. It's just been awesome. So that was, that was an example for us of it really makes a difference. It really matters how we treat each other, how we love each other in the church. And it's, you know, like John, you said earlier, it's not just a... The, the issue of getting connected isn't just a big church problem. And we've learned that through section community as well. We've, we had a couple a little while back that came to the church, and uh, you guys see the, on the tables these little flyers. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about those more later, but uh, we announced that, hey, there's a, there's a section party coming in your section. I was passing these out in a section putting them on the seats and I met this couple and they said we we saw the flyer and we're excited about this because yeah we we're new to to new life but we've been to a couple of other churches we really didn't want to come to a church this big but we'd gone to some smaller churches and that they were just really sad as they were they were telling me of a certain church in town that they were they said we were at the church there's a small church of 100 people or so we were at the church for three hours, and not one person said hi to us or acknowledged that we exist. So we felt like we were invisible or something. For three hours, we got there early, we stayed through the whole service, we lingered afterwards, and no one said hi. No one said anything. And so it's, it's clear to us that it's not just, it doesn't just have to do with really, really big crowd church of a hundred it's the idea is are, are we are we really like a family are we cultivating community we actually years ago in the youth ministry I was one of the youth pastors here way back and we had started something kind of like this we called it tribes and what we did is we in our in our room we had about a thousand students and it was just it was getting to be too big and it felt disconnected and we had small groups but when we met, we just felt like this is a big crowd. What can we do here? And so 
this idea that we call tribes, same thing as section community, really. We split the room up into four quadrants, and each section we had the red, yellow, blue, and green tribes. And we let those students and those tribes make their own mascot, make a flag, and they kind of had this identity. And there were groups that came out of those tribes. And, and there was competition and all of this stuff. But it created this identity within the room, a smaller place to gather during the meeting. And, and it, the results of that were just incredible. So really what we've seen is big or small, it, it's applicable, right? John? And my, uh, my mom's actually part of a church plant in Indiana, and uh, they, when she started, there were about 150 people, and they're up to like 400, and they're right now at that size realizing if they continue growing, they need to have a model uh, to get people connected, you know, and I would say, uh, you know, if I ask you how many of you are, you want to grow as a church, and, and the, most of you are probably going to raise your hand and say, yes, I want to grow, it's a great model that you can use it, you know, uh, 200 people all the way up to 2,000. Um, it's not, so it's not a bigger church, a bigger small church sort of um, methodology, I don't think. One of the things that, I think we just blew the lights. Uh, one of the things uh, that we love about this is I actually want to read from Ephesians 4. And you all probably have heard the scripture, but Ephesians uh, 4, 11 and 12, it says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. All right, that's a lot of us in this room. God has called you to a specific role in some sort of leadership. It says, but here's what it says those roles are to do. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The, the reality we're realizing as even a large staff, we can't do it all. We can't adequately care for people. And I, I would say a majority of you that are here feel that same way of we want to care for people. We know we're called to care for people. We want to do it well. I mean, even what uh, Christine was uh, teaching last night that, you know, that we are doing what we're doing because we love. But the reality is sometimes we don't have enough hours in the day, enough time. What is the beautiful thing about this is it's actually helping you to prepare you, the body in the church to do the work of ministry. And so uh, one little simple thing that I'm going to share, uh, I didn't plan to do this, but this Sunday is our baby dedication it's at our church. And this is the first Sunday we're going to do something just a little bit different where we usually would have the family sit up front. We'd have them all come and the pastors would come up and pray over them and, and you know, dedicate the babies. Well, we're actually this Sunday going to have them stay in their sections, sit there with their families that are visiting. Maybe the families have not been to church before, or it's been a very long time right there in the community they're already connected with. And we're going to have the section leaders, who a lot of them aren't staff, go up and pray with the families. And so just this whole idea of you guys get to share leadership with other people and empower the church to be the church and let them lead. Because I don't know if you realize it yet or not, you can't do it all. Have you guys realized that? Anybody come to that, that realization? I need a little bit of help here, okay? This is a gr I mean, there's so many wins to this, and that's one of them as a person that maybe feels the weight of ministry is now I have an avenue to prepare other people to actually lead with me, alongside me. So uh, let's talk a little bit details. Well, even just what you're saying about Ephesians 4, equipping, we're equipping the saints to do the work of ministry, it's... What, what we're really doing, when we talk about that in the context of coming to church and actually being able to serve at church, 
it's really for us, it's starting to create a culture shift in the church. And, and this is the shift. Instead of just coming and participating with, and, and I don't mean this, I'm not, I'm not being negative here when I say this. This is just kind of how it's been. Where w- when we come to a church service, we're coming to engage with what's, what's happening on the stage, right? And yes, that's a spiritual thing, and it, it is connecting with God. And that's absolutely important. So I'm, I'm not in any way belittling that. But, but we've, we've lost that connection piece, is what I'm saying. But because it just has to do with what's going on on the stage and therefore what's happening between me and God, it's really the, the expectation has been just for that. I, I, can, I can come in, grab my seat, worship the Lord, hear this great teaching, and then I leave. And that's it. It's just me and God. Well, when, when we started to wrestle with this, and we're going, wait a minute. Church is, isn't actually just about what's happening with you and God. Because we can worship every single day, and I hope that we are. And we can hear great teaching. I mean, now more than ever, you can easily access incredible teaching from incredible pastors and leaders around the world. The difference in church is the other people that we're with, right? So as, as we were wrestling with this, we said, okay, let, let's, let's, start, let's find out something here. So we started polling people in the church, and we'd ask them two questions. First question, would you say that you normally sit in the same area? And I would say 98% of everyone that we asked that question to said yes. And that's not surprising, right? Because we are creatures of habit. And so that what they would say is, well, some people would say, oh, yeah, I have my seat. And that's where I sit. And then most people would say, well, there's this area, these two or three rows on the left side. That's where we sit. And so the second question was this. Okay, if you sit in the same spot week after week after week, have you gotten to know the people around you? And I'd say 90% of people said no. So here's what's happening. We've got most of the people in our church are sitting in the same spot, sitting next to each other. There's a, a nice little time during the service where we say turn and greet each other. We, and we used to give about 15 seconds for that. And we would say hi. We, we would, from the stage, we would give instructions. Say, say hi to as many people as you can. So what that resulted in is, hi, 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 glad you're here. Nobody was asking, what's your name? Nobody was really meeting each other. So just a lot of surface, smiley face, greeting, and then sit down. And what we were doing as a church is we were creating an expectation in our people. And the expectation we were creating is, you don't have to meet each other. You don't really need to know each other. Just come and receive what we're going to give from, from the platform. And so when we realized that, we said, oh, okay, we've got to create an expectation shift. We've got to lead the way in creating a culture shift. And so the first thing we started to do is you know, prime the pump and saying, guys, it's important that we know each other. It's important that we get connected to each other when we're in church. We need to know one another. 
So expectation was a major component. We had to change the expectation. But then we can't leave it there, right? If you just say, guys, we should know each other. And we can, we can preach sermons on all these scriptures about one another. But if we leave it there, that just creates frustration. So the next component is? Opportunity. Opportunity. So we began to create opportunities for people to connect. And one very simple thing, if you've visited New Life or you're part of our family, is 15 seconds became two minutes. Now the first, first time we, two, two minutes right now sounds really pretty small, but that was a huge shift in our Sunday morning. And it's like, instead of having, you know, introducing as many people as you can and get, getting as many names as you can, is ask them their story, you know, take a little, connect with one person in the next two minutes. And so that was a huge thing that we did uh, that changed change the culture is we created an opportunity now where instead of 15 seconds, you have two minutes, you can talk to one person and get to know something about one person. And so that was one small shift that we did. But then we started launching this whole thing that we were talking about today, which is section community. And another key piece of that is uh, a monthly section party. Okay, monthly section party sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Courtney actually here. Courtney gets Courtney wave at everybody back. Courtney actually gets the distinct title of being called. Her job description is party coordinator. Who wouldn't want that job? Uh, but she's our party coordinator, and we we have every section has a party once a month, and that party is really an old-fashioned potluck. It's a new modern term for a potluck. You heard Brady talk about it this morning. You know, seeing through the parking lot, people carrying crockpots. I mean, we've actually blown breakers in this building because we had too many crockpots going. Uh, but that's the next, that's the opportunity now. You know what? There's some people in our church that aren't ready to get connected. And that's perfectly okay. We don't, we're not trying to push anything on someone, but we also want to give them the opportunity. We, ha we believe that if you came to church, there's a part of you that does want to get connected. Maybe you're not ready today, and that's perfectly fine, but we want to create an opportunity where you can get connected. Well, how do you do that? That's where the section party uh, came about. And so uh, we do those once a month. Uh, it's always on the same Sunday of the month. So my section, we're on the fourth Sunday of every month. People know like clockwork. We had one Sunday where it was icy, and we took our two services and canceled and combined them to one, and we ended up canceling all of our section parties. And I about had a riot on my, on my hands because people said, you mean we have to wait till next month? They're not going to reschedule this? And I'm like, no, what's going to, you know. People love it. Because now they have an opportunity to sit down in a table just like you're at right now, hopefully with people that they have seen for weeks and weeks and never had time to don't know their name, let alone know their story. And so one of the things that we do in section community that's very strategic is to get to know people's names. Uh, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at it, you know. And so one of the practical things, and we, we train our leaders how to do this, but when I meet people on Sunday morning, I'm not standing in front of them and, and typing their name right in there, but I will walk away and I, I keep track of the people in my section and write down about them and so that when I go up to them the next week, I remember meeting a, a woman by the name of Patty one, one Sunday morning and Brady had just shared about section community, uh, I guess it would have been last, be a year this month when he came back from sabbatical, he first started talking about section community. And he just talked about it the week before. And so I went up and I met Patty. I said, hey, Patty, I'm, or, hi, I'm John. She said, I'm Patty. And I said, well, do you know anything about section community? And she said, oh. 
that's that thing where people are supposed to know my name. Now, she was obviously, by the tone of her voice, she was very skeptical. Because a church our size, people don't know each other's names. And if your church is 200, I'm going to guess there are people that still don't know names in a church that size as well. Unless people have the expectation, what we just talked about, and an opportunity for that, nothing really changes. So she, she was not convinced. So just talked to her for a few minutes, walked away. Next week, who am I looking for? I'm looking for Patty. And there she is in the same place. I would dare to say in the very same seat she was a week ago, went up to her. I said, good morning, Patty. And she was shocked because someone knew her name. Maybe for the first time ever. I don't know that, but there's a lot of people like that. No one knows, has known her name. Now someone knows her name. And she didn't look at me like, I think I should know you, but I don't know you. She didn't remember my name. And I said, Patty, we met last week. We were talking about section committees. Oh, yeah, you're John. I said, yes. And so long story short, over weeks and weeks of just starting out by knowing her name, developed a relationship with her. She had a long story where she had a need and a divorce and all kinds of things. But I first started with knowing her name, and then I got to hear her story. So, And it's really like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I, I, I really think in metaphors and pictures. It really helps me understand. So we, we picture section community as like this. In our, in our church, we've got rows and rows and rows of, of seats and people. And so the metaphor for us is like, this is, this is kind of like, you know, in our church on a Sunday, it's like a huge cornfield maybe. Just rows of people. What if we could shift that instead of just being a huge field? We thought of it more as like smaller raised bed gardens around the room. And each one of the section is like a raised bed. And in that section, what we're growing is relationship. We're growing community. And rather than it being the big thing, right? you know, if you follow the metaphor, I, when I think of a big cornfield, I think of the huge combine and the huge irrigation system. When I think of a raised bed garden, I, I picture uh, being on my knees, pulling out weeds, giving individual care, saying, oh, the tomatoes need a little bit more water. It looks like we've overwatered the zucchini here. And it's, do you see what I mean? It's this personal care. And that's what you're able to create in the section community. It's, it's not just the senior pastor and, and him trying to look everyone in the eye during the sermon and try to make connection. It's a team of people who are pastoring the people in their section, loving them well. And again, just creating opportunity. So from the stage, you can help create the expectation. And then in the section, you have a team of people that are actually creating the opportunity. So John, tell us more of like, what does it actually look like? What is a team? How does it work? So uh, we have broken down sections into zones. So I don't know if you've noticed where you were sitting in our living room. We have like section 11, section 12, section 10. And there's a front and back. We've actually created zones within the entire room. So four sections form a zone. We have a staff pastor that that is, they oversee that zone. Uh, pastor Lance, right back there, wave at everyone. Pastor Lance is on our community team. Um, he's actually pastor of groups, but he also serves as a section leader, and he's one of our zone pastors. He has other jobs to do, so don't go home and tell your pastor, like, we need to hire some zone pastors. 
there are people that are already pastors on staff, and they're just, that's an additional thing on Sunday that they're doing is helping facilitate that. So there's a zone pastor. Then each of those four sections each have a section leader. So I would say currently we have about half of those section leaders are staff members. Half of those section leaders are completely volunteers um, at our church. And so there really are kind of pros and cons on both sides of that. If you want to ask questions about that at the end, we'd be glad to address kind of the difference between those two. But every section has a section leader. And then within that section, as a section leader, let's say that I'm the section leader of 11 in the back, which I am, my main priority is to build a host team. So we have this thing called section host. Section host just really helped me as a section leader because there's about 200 people in our section. As a section leader, I'm guessing on a Sunday I can talk and have meaningful conversation with three people. So if I'm there early, I can have a conversation with someone at the beginning. If I stay late, I'm probably going to have a conversation at the end, and I have a two-minute conversation in between. Three people out of 200 is not very good odds. You know, it's going to take me a long time to get to everyone. I need a team of people. So I have these hosts that help me. Really, they're spread out through the section. Their mission is just to do three things as section leaders and as section hosts. These are the three words that we just kind of drive home to, all, to our section teams, and that is to connect, care, and invite. Okay? First thing is connect is do what I just did with Patty. Go up, find people's names, remember their names, connect with them, um, get to know them, and let them know that they're not just lost in the crowd, if you will. The next step with that is then is to care, is let them know you really care about them. So if you, you know, I had that conversation with Patty, I started to hear her story, I'd come back next week and I would say, Patty, how are you doing? Had a chance to pray with her, had a chance to help get her connected with benevolence here in our church because she was going through a divorce, couldn't pay her mortgage on, on one particular month. So really letting her know that she was cared for. Not only did I know her name, but I'm going to back it up because I'm going to care. Simple things like moms have babies in our section. We have one of the gals. She coordinates, you know, meals. This mom over here had a baby. Let's take meals to her, to her house for the next two weeks. Simple things like that. It's just being the body of Christ. But in a huge church, you, it's overwhelming. But you can do it in a small setting. All right? So connect, care. Third thing is invite them. Invite them to our section party. And so I put those flyers on, on your tables today. Those are just kind of leftovers. Uh, so all of them maybe look a little bit different. But they're basically the information. We'll do that two weeks before. Um, so if your party, let's say we have, this Sunday is the 4th of October, right? If you have a party on the 11th, you're going to have a flyer on your, on your seat on the 4th of October saying your party is next week. And it will say bring food and come next week on October 11th and join us. There will be another one then on Sunday, October 11th saying today is our party. Has all the details about where those meet. And the, the, the thing with if it is the day of your party, it will never say bring food. Because there might be people that didn't bring food and we want them to feel welcome. So part of what we have our host team do as well is always bring extra. Last week my wife's making two casseroles and a, a crock pot full of uh, baked beans. So, you know, so we're always bringing extra because you'll get people that when we invite them and say, hey, come to our section. Oh, I didn't bring anything. That's okay. We brought plenty of extra. And all my host team knows that. Um, we always have leftover food. We ran out of food a couple times. But we learned. Okay. John, tell us about when you're building a team of, so you've got a section leader, and in 
in a lot of cases for us, that's a, it's a married couple. Sometimes it's a single person. But in the section leader, what are we looking for in that leader? What kind of personality does this person need to have? And then as they build their team of hosts, what do, the, what, what do those leaders look like? First of all, uh, it's not necessarily an extrovert. That's what most people think of is we need an extroverted person that's going to lead. Uh, that is not the case at all. As you, if you're an introvert and you know that there, you have to kind of put your game face on. Uh, and honestly, even with your team of leaders and hosts, you need introverts on your team. Because Jeremiah and I are extroverts. If we come up to a very introverted person, we're going to come off pretty overwhelming. Uh, and so you need someone like, that's a little bit more laid back and say, hey, how you doing? You know, I, because we need all kinds, all right? So it's not an extrovert, introverted thing. Uh, we oftentimes have married couples that one is the extrovert, one's the introvert, and they make a great team uh, together. But I would say there, there are a few things that are really important for your section leaders. If you are wanting to implement this, what are you looking for in a leader? Uh, one thing is they have to be able to build teams. I would say... The most important thing for a section leader to be able to do is build a strong host team. The sections right now that are thriving here at New Life are the ones that have a strong team underneath them and that's this shared among a whole large group. And the ones that are struggling a little bit more, they're struggling because they haven't built that team yet. So that's the first thing I'm looking for is can this person build a team of people? Um, and then another thing that they need is they do need to be able to, in a room for a section party, they need to be able to engage people, all right? So they need to be able to stand in front of a microphone for three minutes. We don't make our section parties this big, you know, time to share a gospel message or anything like that. They just left the living room with Pastor Brady for an, you know, hour and a half. I'm going to talk for two or three minutes, welcome them, let them know we're glad they're here, share just a little bit about what section community is. Hey, if you're interested in getting connected in a group, we'd love to help you do that. Uh, and then we'll do this party raffle. Cue the party raffle. Let's just stop right here. We'll just do this right in the middle here. So, yeah, bring them on up. And I'll let Courtney draw. So, Courtney, draw a name who, out. Who likes getting free stuff, right? It's in our nature, right? We all love so this. So we do this at every party, and I'll tell you why. People love free things, but these free things cost us money. There's a reason why. It's because we want to find out who's in our section, and we want to be able to follow up with them. Just like a new guest comes into your church, we do guest follow-up to a section. If you show up the first time at a party, we're going to email you, say, we're so glad that you came. I'm your section leader. I'd love to get to know more about you. That's why we do the party raffle is because we get their information. That was an insider tip for all of you new lifers, okay? So we, we are going to draw one here. So Jenny Buckley. Who's Jenny? Wave your hand. Jenny. Jenny. Our Mountain Springs the friend over there. Winner. So, Jenny, you get one of the new New Life Soak CDs and a Starbucks gift card. I, I don't even have that CD yet. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I bought it yesterday. It's playing in my car. So. Uh, so we actually do that as part of that to get information so we can start... Uh, collecting their data, and then we will actually, once some, as a section leader, email them. So um, anyway, back to what we're looking for in a section leader. We're looking for them to build a host team. We're looking for them to be, be able to engage people um, for a few minutes at the party, to be engaging, to be able to come across well with people. 
And then the third thing is there's a little bit of administration to this, you know, getting the party set up. Uh, we have everything on a party cart. That's part of what Courtney's role is. She has a team of people that help with that. But everything shows up in your room, but you still have your host team set everything up, um, sending that monthly email. So there are some administrative duties. What I found is with a couple, you might have, and a, a husband and wife, you might have one of them that can build teams and can be engaging in the party, and the other person is more administrative. Um, but you are looking for that whole mix. And so we've learned those are really the three things that make section leaders uh, successful. That's good. We want to open up for questions here in just a second. So if, if um, you might be thinking, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? Well, we would love to take your questions, and that's why we're going to leave a good amount of time to be able to do that. But before we do questions, let me just kind of summarize like this. We, what we've experienced by doing this here at New Life is it's really – began to create a culture shift for us. And we're still learning. We're still figuring things out. Uh, like, for instance, we, we did section parties. Um, you know, every week we have several parties that happen on campus. Because for as many sections as we have, we, to rotate everyone through once a month with the facilities, limited space that we have, which, yes, you might be thinking in your context, Okay, what about facilities? Do we have room? We have the same problem here because it's a big campus, but there's a lot of people, so where do we put everybody? So on, uh, what was it, July 4th was on a Saturday this year. So July 5th, we still did section parties just like normal. Well, in the 9 o'clock service, bam, it just crashed and burned. It just didn't work. because and, You know, we were just learning as we go. Oh, yeah, Kids are up until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Parents are up with their kids. They, they don't want to get up extra early, make food, and come to uh, a party after the service. So we're learning as we go. But what we've experienced is very small things, you know, all the way from, you know, like someone will say to us, man, we're, you know, we're new to the church, and we're, we're meeting them at a section party. This is our first Sunday, or this is our second Sunday, and we're here at, at the party, and, and they're saying, we are just amazed that we're getting to know people so fast, and it's so easy. We were intimidated to come to a big church like this. We thought it would take us a long time, and I mean, th that for us is a huge, huge victory to hear that, and it blesses us to know, wow. You just got here, and already you feel like this is home. Already you feel connected. And then for folks who have been at our church for a long time who are saying, this is what we've been missing. Why didn't you guys think of this a long time ago? <laughs> they're, they're able to get connected. They're, people are enjoying their, their worship experience better because they may not have recognized before that that was the component that was missing, being able to fellowship with each other when we come to worship. Now, there's... The groups is, the, is a whole other thing, and like John said earlier, that's our goal. We would love for everybody to go deeper into relationship, and that's where groups come in. You can't replace the dynamic of a small group in a section community. So that's not what we're saying. We're not saying kill your small groups and do sections instead. No, section community is it's that raised bed garden to help you grow deeper relationship, but you need the groups in order to do that. So... Little things like that, hey, we're, we're feeling connected, we're feeling welcomed, all the way to crisis. Everybody's going to experience crisis at some point. 
And when we do, boy, as, as the church, don't we want to be there? Don't we want to be available? That is the greatest time to be able to touch someone's life is when they are broken open because of pain and suffering and loss. Can I jump in and tell a quick story? Go I know we're, we're running out of time, so I'll try to wrap this up and get to questions. But uh, this happened recently where, you know, there's loss that happens in people's lives. And there was actually, uh, if you're in Colorado, you might have heard on 4th of July weekend, there was a tragic accident. Uh, a family was camping and a stray bun- a bullet, they still don't know where it came from. Guy was sitting at a campfire with his family, bullet hit him, shot him, killed him instantly. Um, he was actually part of New Life, and he was involved in section community. Well, our section leader, who happens to be one of our pastors on staff here, uh, communicated with the section, let them know the need. Hey, let's rally around this family at the funeral. Now, at New Life, we have a pastor that preaches a lot of our funerals here at New Life, and so he was going to do the, the funeral. All the things that we always do, we, we care for people when they have a loss, but there was something different about this because at the funeral, a lot of those section members showed up, and they were there to love on that family in a way. And Pastor Mel, who uh, was preaching that funeral and has preached hundreds of funerals, he came up to me on that next Sunday, and he was almost in tears and was blown away. He goes, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. And the family even responded as like, I, I'm blown away. The church actually is the church. And so instead of just someone showing up and ministering to people hurting, there are people that knew him, that had relationship with him, and therefore they translate that into, this is his family, and I'm going to, and they didn't come to New Life, we're going to love on this family. And so it just took on a whole other meaning. They would have been cared for before, but they were cared for due to a relationship that happened that wasn't there. There There wasn't an opportunity for it before, so... And there, we could tell you, we actually have some notes here, a, list of, them, a yeah. list of stories like that of um, Marlise who lost her husband and, and now she's widowed. And the same kind of experience, just the way that she was cared for, people rallied around and they're coming to her house and mowing her lawn and doing whatever they can do to help her. Story after story after story that for us wouldn't have happened prior to having section community. So if you're not sold yet... I don't, you know, you should be. We'll keep trying to talk you into it. But I want to open it up for questions. We're all coming from different places and different contexts and different size of churches. Please unleash your questions on us. And, and I also want to let you know, um, we have a 85-page, is it 85-page leader guide on section community that we'd be happy to share with you guys. We can send you a link to download that. Uh, what's the best way to do that, John? I would say take up? your little party flyers, take a sample one, just write your email on the back, and maybe give it to Courtney as you leave, and uh, we can uh, make sure and shoot you an email. And, uh, and if we don't have a chance to say this, we would love to – one of my favorite things to do is when I get phone calls from other churches that say, hey, can you t- tell us a little bit about what you're doing in section community? We would love to do that. And so please just give us an email. And um, So we have this – 85-page book that has all the details. It's got the vision and then how to build a team and what does a team look like. And, and then a lot of it is specific to us because it's, it talks about where the parties are located and how to set that up and the list of materials required to set the party up ahead of time. It's, it's got more than you would want to know. 
And then we also have videos that we've made for our team and for our section leaders talking about how to build a section team, how to launch and have your first party, and we would love to make that available to all of you. So just know there's a lot of resources that we want to put in your hands after this if you're interested. But for the time we have left, questions. You can, you can email me uh, my name up there, Jay, and then my last name. So jplotner at newlifechurch.org as well. And I'd be glad to shoot that to you. But you can also just give us your email. I saw your hand go up. Go ahead. That's a great question. John, I want to repeat it. So the question was oh, yeah. for the recording was, uh, are any things like uh, serving communion? I mentioned baby dedication that happened other than just the parties within the section. Uh, yes, we recently transitioned. Our church does communion nearly every Sunday. We recently just transitioned to all that happens within the section team. Um, and that started, I think, in July. So that's pretty new for us, and it's gone amazing. People love it because you, you're serving to people you know. Uh, so that's been awesome. Baby dedications is something we started doing uh, as well. Um, that will actually start this Sunday. Um, prayer. Uh, and, and the other thing is we have in the manual talks about the hosts, having some of those hosts serve in specialty roles for you. So as a section leader, I don't have to do all that. I don't have to make sure communion gets scheduled. I have someone on my team that does that. One of my hosts does that. They coordinate communion. I have another host that helps with meals for um, people that are in the hospital, people um, have babies, any of those kinds of things. Um, so that's another role. That manual has a whole list of things. Prayer, um, outreach. We want eventually, we haven't really taken the step to do that yet. Um, I kind of tried that the first time with my section. There was a trash cleanup day in town. I took my section. We went out and did an outreach, but that's another thing that we want to do. We really want that to function in a lot of ways to care for the needs of our sections and actually be the church. So the first, one of the first things we do if we get a call, one of those stories that we were talking about um, was a woman whose husband ended up in the hospital and we connected them with their section leader. The section leader went to the hospital and did the visitation versus somebody on our staff doing that. So, Great question. So the question, two questions, what about f dietary restrictions? And the first question is, if the church, you don't have sections, or are you saying the church is not in, to a size where it would work to have section community? Is that what you're saying? Just dividing it up? Well, I'll start with the food. We have had in, you know, close to two years of doing this. At, at the beginning, it was very small. We started with two sections. But it's been a while that we've had most of the church having section community and to our knowledge no one has gotten sick yet so we're excited about that you know you kind of wonder at the beginning like okay someone brings food in if there's a crock pot and they plug it in then it stays warm but other than that it from the time they leave their home until after the service when we actually go to eat it is that a problem but it hasn't been a problem it's worked well we have had in sections kind of depending on what the needs are in that section will depend on you know, how much gluten-free food is there. Uh, we've had people that are vegetarian, and so they bring specific things, but they just make sure to eat what fits with them. Overall, it hasn't been a problem. John, you want to answer the question about the the section, how it's set yeah. up? How My mom's divided? church is dealing with that same thing right now, and they have, I think, uh, 
three sections in the auditorium and seats maybe 200. And they're just dividing it up. You know, well, I think one of the services, they're having two sections, and the other s service, they're having three sections. Um, I think it's scalable. You know, you just, I mean, you could be at the size where, hey, we want to introduce this now because we want to have an opportunity for people to get connected. Maybe you just have one section. You know, but still that same opportunity exists where people normally would leave the service, go home, or go out for breakfast, or go out to lunch. Well, why don't we once a month stay here? So I think if you had one section, and it, just go back to the way it was when I grew up in a church of 80 people. United Methodist Church had in the church basement a potluck. Just do one. I mean, I think that works. The way that we just practically how we divided the sections is in our room, prior to doing section community, we already had l literally section one, section two, section three around the room. But those sections were too big, and so we took a row out in the middle to, to delineate between the front and the back. And so it, it might require changing your seating a little bit, taking some seats out to be able to clearly identify this is section whatever you want to call it, and, and this is this section. So at first, you know, the very first Sunday we did that across the room, people would come in like, oh, where's, this is normally where I would sit. No, no your row's gone. Uh, so choose, are you going to be, are, are you going to be in the front section or the back section, you know, pick. Um, so so it, it, for us, it meant restructuring the way we set the room up a little bit. That's a great question. We haven't seen a decline at all. In, in fact, our hope is that, we, we, well, it would be in January, we're going to launch a campaign to, to encourage people to, that, that were, would never have joined a group before to join a group through section community. We're going to call them sermon discussion groups. And a real simple idea, hey, we're sitting and listening to the same message. And now that we're getting to know each other within our sections, what if we took it a step further and we gathered in our homes and we discussed the sermon? And so it's, again, for us, the, the whole mentality is just groups alone. For us, it wasn't working for the entire church. I mean, we have groups, there are people doing groups and that love their groups. But the, the chasm was too big to cross. People weren't seeking out a group. Now that we've got them where they're rubbing elbows and they're starting to talk, now the next step for us is to say, hey, let's take it a step further. And our hope is that that's going to be such a, such a greater, just natural step. Let me tell you a quick story about that. In my, in my section, uh, had a new, new guy show up in town. He actually is an uh, assistant tennis coach at the Air Force Academy, brand new to town, met him in my section, uh, took him to coffee. We started developing a relationship. He goes, could we continue to meet? So just kind of this one-on-one -on -one discipleship that just happened as a result of meeting in section community. Uh, he says, you think we could maybe study a book together? Now, I was not intending to start a small group. I have enough things to do. I did not need to start a small group. But yes, let's meet and let's study a book together. Got this uh, young man a, a book. Took, gave it to him at our section party. He comes up to me afterwards. He goes, hey, I was just talking to Jonathan. Do you think maybe he could come too? I'm like, sure. Jonathan, I saw Jonathan as he's leaving. I said, I heard you're coming, to our, coming to, tomorrow morning to Panera. Yeah, and, I was, and Matt has been talking. He doesn't have a small group. He wants to know if he can come too. And without doing anything, 
I did not put a thing on the website promoting my group. I didn't, you know, go around. I didn't want to start a group. I now have a guys group on Monday morning as a result uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning after a long Sunday. Thank you very much. Uh, so the exact opposite is happening and we believe will continue to happen where people say, let's take it to the next level together now that we know each other. And again, what I think I said this earlier, but the idea is it, you're not, the section community isn't giving you enough and that's on purpose. It's not enough, but it starts to whet the appetite. It, you go, oh, you know, I met John in my section and he's not as weird as I thought he was. You know? Or he's as weird as I thought he was. <laughs> so as we get to know each other and, and John says, hey, Jeremiah, I'm starting a small group. You should come over. Come, come to the house. See, you see how different that invitation is from, hey, go to the website and find someone who's doing a group and then show up at their house. I mean, that, it's just a big step for a lot of people. So, yes, sir. Yeah, good question. So he's, he asked, what, what does the affinity look like for groups? How do you sort of organize the groups? And has that changed since we've started sections? Um, it hasn't. We, we still say, hey, if, if you want to do a, a men's group or if you want to do a men's hiking group or you want to do a Bethmore Bible study, do those things. And, and when leaders uh, surface who say, I, I have a passion for doing xyz group we say that's wonderful that's awesome and so they go through the process we still have the website that lists all the groups the difference now is within the sections where wherever a group leader sits because they are attending a service and they're in a section now they have an opportunity to get to know people and invite them to their group on a regular basis so if it's a guy leading guys group obviously he's only inviting guys but as we start the sermon discussion groups that will be our first experience of groups actually forming and starting out of the section as opposed to starting based on, a, on an affinity. Um, but even those may develop with a, an affinity. Like there might be a guy who wants to do a guy's sermon discussion group, you know. So there's still all kinds of room to do what you want to do. And kind of in contrast to your question, though, is one of the things that we're experiencing is this multi-generational thing that's happening in our sections as well. Uh, I think we, our section has the largest number of babies per capita. We actually won that award. Uh, well, lots of babies, but we also have a, grand, a grandmother who turned 98 in our section a few weeks ago, so we got to celebrate her birthday together with her. There was something beautiful about me holding babies every week and people consistently asking, is this your grandchild? I said, excuse me, I am not that old. <laughs> Actually, I am, but I don't have kids that can, could give me kids that are that old. Uh, but, uh, and then having a grandma there that's 98 that we're celebrating a birthday. And so that's the beauty of the body of Christ that you get to experience and learn from each other. One of the things I want to encourage is Older, you know, grandmas who don't have, go over to young mother's houses and help them fold laundry. You know, simple things like that where we couldn't do that in a big church. You now can have relationships and do that in that small context. So, Guys, it's, it's just after 3 o'clock, so we want to honor your time. There is another breakout in here at 3.30. However, if you have a question we didn't get to, John and I will hang out right here. Please come up and, and we can have a chat. If you'd like more information, take that little flyer on your seat or that's on the table, put your email on it, give it to Courtney as you walk out the door here, 
and we'll be in touch. Whatever we have, it's yours. We'll send it to you. We'll give it to you. Make it your own. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We appreciate you coming.